Welcome to Insights for Manufacturing, a podcast that supports the UK manufacturing sector. Hosted by Jeff Beecham, the manufacturer's recruiter. Hello and welcome to Insights for Manufacturing. I'm delighted to welcome my guest today, June Hogan, who's an outplacement specialist and career coach and director of Wildwood Coaching. Welcome to the show today, June. How are you? Oh, great. Thanks, Jeff. And uh, yeah, lovely to be here, as they say on these on these things. <laughs> Absolutely. So we're, we're going to be having a having a natter today about outplacement. Uh, so this is very much a, a sort of, I suppose a lot of people see it as an, an HR sort of related topic. It's definitely, uh, you know, in the zone of people. And, you know, I'm in the people business. And I've got to say, uh, you know, there, there seems to be a, a you know a gradual movement towards businesses becoming a bit more people centric. I know there've been a, a you know a number of polls uh, recently about sort of leadership skills, you know, particularly from CEO down in the you know the number one skill that's needed more than anything is, is empathy. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I guess that sort of gives us a bit of hope that you know more businesses will deliver on creating and sustaining a, a great culture rather than just paying it some lip service and you know ticking a box really so uh you know there, there's hope where, where there's people providing services for people there's hope that you know employees will be looked after so it's going to be an interesting discussion <laughs> um so i mean just before we go into into detail about outplacement june it, it, it's probably worth noting you know in, in my 23 years in in recruitment I'm still amazed at the the difference in effort that organisations put into hiring staff as opposed to retaining them. And I suppose the outcome of that is the need for outplacement mm. on occasion. So w- would you like to give a, you know, a, a sort of overview as to, to what you do? What is outplacement support? Yeah, and um, it's 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 a term that I never had even heard about placement support uh, in my early career because I worked for a uh, automotive business that had a no compulsory redundancies uh, trade union agreement, so yeah. outplacement support wasn't something that was offered. Um, there were people that left voluntarily, and they would they would be given this kind of mysterious folder, uh, which we won't <laughs> talk about, uh, and it was only offered to sort of senior people. So essentially, outplacement support is. Um, a service which helps those individuals who are leaving the organisation through redundancy or through settlement agreements that can be for other reasons. Um, And it helps them to understand the skills and the techniques um, and the support, gives them the support they need to find their next role quicker and transition Mm. into that role more efficiently, more effectively. And essentially, it's someone who's going to be that partner, someone who's going to work with you on an individual or a group basis, uh, depending on what the business need is, um, Mm. to 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 help individuals um, to go out into the into the job market and position themselves in the right way, understand what they need to do, how they need to go about finding a job, and also working on some of the mindset, the confidence piece, and and all of that which goes with redundancy. Yeah, and I, I suppose you know when businesses make the decision uh, or or it's forced upon them that they that they have to you know make people redundant or perhaps you know there might be performance management issues and people are exited from businesses. Um, the individuals on the on the receiving end of that uh, are, are quite often, you know, distraught. It sends them into, or it can send them into a, you know, a state of panic, uncertainty. They lose their confidence, and and often the news is broken to them, and they just didn't 
didn't see it coming, you know. Mm. So why 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 does outplacement support matter so much for for the individual first of all? Mm. We'll talk about the company a little bit more in, in a second. Yeah, I mean, I um, I've had personal experience of redundancy, so mm. I've managed redundancy programs during my career, but I've also been on the other side of the table, and I can still vividly remember what it feels like to hear those words. Your role is at risk of redundancy, and I genuinely did not hear anything else after those words were said to me. And you know, I'm, I'm in the HR. I've done this many times, and yet it was such a shock. And I walked out of that room and, you know, I kind of I, I didn't know what to do. I didn't know where to turn. It felt like my world had fallen apart. And, and that's not an exaggeration, because when somebody um, tells you those words that you're, you know, potentially and, and it is your role is at risk. It's not you're going to be made redundant because there's a process to follow. Yeah. But it, it does, um, you know, cause a, 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 an emotional response. And so it's a life changing event to be to lose a job much like, you know, kind of bereavement or, or divorce or any of those other sort of life-changing events. And you kind of have specialists that might help you in those situations, counsellors or solicitors or, you know, um, mediators or whatever. So outplacement support in that sense of it being a life-changing event is there for the individual. Mm -hmm. And it really matters to individuals because our jobs are more than just source of income. They're more than that, that you know, those thoughts around... How am I going to pay the bills? Those are the most immediate thoughts that most people tend to have. Yeah. But also when you're losing your job, you're losing the friendships that you've made at work. Um, it's your sense of purpose. It's your reason to get up in the morning. Okay, some mornings you might not want to get up and do the go to work. But, you know, essentially it provides, provides routine and structure. Yeah. It helps with self-belief and self-worth. There's so much attached to a job that in you know when that is threatened when that when that job goes away um outplacement support is there to help those individuals to work through all of that emotion to help process some of that because you can't go out into the job market if you're an emotional kind of wreck and you know you, you're not going to present yourself and you know this from from working with working with ca uh, candidates yeah, so it helps you with some of that and then it moves on to the practical stuff okay so let's let's figure out how do we how do we sort your cv out prepare you for interviews and all that kind of good stuff mm. which most people that i work with have either not done for a long time or some people have never had to do that. They've never had to look for a job because they found a job through friends or they've been headhunted. Yeah. Or one, one guy, I always remember, he said, I left school on the Tuesday and I was employed on the Thursday and I've only ever worked for this one company. So, you know, they're, they're, it, there's a skill to doing this kind of stuff. Um, and, you know, you need to be in the right frame of mind to in order to sort of put yourself out there. So outplacement support, you know, it, it absolutely does matter to individuals. Um, yeah. And I'm passionate. I'm passionate about it. And I see the difference that it makes and the results that people can get from it. Yeah. Well, that's that's a real value add for you, you know, in your career with your, within your business. You know, it's it's seeing the individual go from a state of disarray and, and mm. uncertainty to, you know, making that journey and progressing and hopefully, um, you know, being in a better place to, to land the next position. And it, it, would I be right in saying that the outplacement support is as effective regardless of whether it's at leadership level or sort of shop floor level because i know businesses you know sometimes if there's you know uh, you know multiple redundancies organizations might uh retain an outplacement specialist for you know a volume of of, of workers but then I, I i've also known organizations to to use outplacement support for 
you know, uh, an individual executive that might be exiting the business. Mm. So it, it, is it as effective at, at either end of that scale or are there any differences in the approach? Yeah, I mean, that's a really good question because, um, you know, I've worked with individuals at both both ends of that scale. So, yeah. you know, a, a, a client at the moment is um, somebody who's a, who's a chef. They, they, you know, they found they found themselves and their business wanted to, to offer them relevancy. And I've got a CFO that I'm working with as well. So I think outplacement support can work at, at all levels in an organization. Yeah. But fundamentally, it's about understanding what does that individual need? So whilst I have um, packages of support that we can tailor or that, you know, packages that are kind of standard, standard stuff, um, when I or any of my associates meet with an individual, we want to get to know and understand them. What are their challenges? And where, where are they at? Some people will come to you and say, I, I'm just I have no idea what I want to do. They're struggling with their redundancy. They just they're just completely stuck. That, and that's totally understandable. Other people will say, I just want to get my CV up today. I want to get out there. I want to find a job. I need to find a job. And they just want to move into action very quickly. Yeah. So yeah. I think it can it can be effective at, at all at all levels. And the, the difference in the approach is you know, typically the more senior you are, the longer it will take you to find a job. That, and that's just the reality of life. And you'll see this from dealing with your executive clients. Absolutely. Um, and understanding again at both both um sort of extremes is well what are your non-negotiables what are you looking for what do you want to do um you know how are you different the personal brand stuff there's so much that you can go through with people um and so i think the approach is always differentiated that's what i love about the way that i approach outplacement support it's not like a sausage machine right session one is this session two is that session three is the other i want to know what does the individual need and within the budget that we've got we'll make that work so it's a it's a totally fresh approach to each individual it's a proper bespoke solution yeah 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 Yeah, because they're dealing with and on an individual individual basis everybody gets to talk to somebody there's no kind of portals or any of that 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 has its place don't get me wrong that, ha- that has a place but for me it's about that individual support and that connection um and knowing that you've got somebody in your corner and somebody on your side who's going to be working through the next weeks or months with you absolutely okay so from a from a from an organization perspective then june um particularly at the moment you know we, we've you know we've, we've got this recession either either looming or we might already be be in it i try not to take too much notice of what's going on in the negative mainstream media but i suppose businesses um would uh, you know most businesses are trying to keep cash in the business at the moment if they you know are needing to or or they might need to in the future shed staff for whatever reason you know Mm. that they're you know using things like outplacement support that there is a cost attached to it so from from the from the from the company's point of view um you know what 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 are the what are the sort of benefits to them i mean you know they're going to be spending money when possibly at a time when the business is trying to reduce costs but there there, there are some real positives for businesses in you know looking after employees as they exit the business mm. as, as well as you know when, when they're coming in so in terms of return on investment, that, that's not always a financial return on investment. It, it can do, but those sort of figures are more sort of intangible, I think. But yeah. what, what, what are the sort of range of benefits for, for an organisation investing in outplacement? Yeah, I mean, you mentioned at the start about, you know, being part of kind of a, a people focused 
people strategy and and, mm. and in a sense and, and this sounds kind of odd but outplacement support can be part of that retention strategy yes. because in a redundancy situation you know, and these these um you know a restructuring can go on for you know a number of weeks or a number of months and, and it's, it creates uncertainty yeah. and in uncertainty some of your top talent who might already be thinking about looking elsewhere may be inclined to actually make a decision and think, right, okay, yeah, this, this place is too, it's, there's too much going on for me here. I'm going to go. And actually the way the whole process is being handled and the fact that people aren't getting any support and, you know, I'm sitting, ne- I've sat next to this, one of my colleagues now for 10 years and they're just being kind of cast aside. And I don't like the way the company's handling all of this. Yeah. So it's not just about supporting the individual and, and, um, what outplacement support can do for the individual, but outplacement support can can impact the other people within the organization because they will be observing what's going on and they will be seeing yeah. how this is being handled. So I think it, it can play a part in that, that sort of retention piece. Um, it can also impact on employee engagement, say during periods of uncertainty. And also if people see that, that a company is doing the right thing, even in difficult circumstances, as you quite rightly say, most um, restructuring is to reduce cost. Um, and so why would you go and throw money at something when you're, you're trying to uh, keep keep an eye on your cost base? Mm-hmm. But um, that investment goes far beyond just what it's doing for the individual. And then employees, they're, they're a fantastic <laughs> source of, um, you know, being an advocate for your organization. Yes. And so, you know, all these people who are going out into the into the big wide world, talking about what it was like when they worked for that particular company, um, people with with the wonders of social media now will have no problems voicing their opinions yeah. on whatever channel they see fit. So it's so easy for that opinion to get out there that that impacts on company brand on reputation so if you want to be seen as an employer that does things right and does things properly and 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 is fair um, and that people matter right until the day that they actually exit the door and after because you care about what happens to them after that's going to come full circle and then enable you to when you're ready recruit people because it's all part of the the brand and your approach and and values-led businesses who actually are values led and don't just have it kind of slapped on a wall somewhere they will invest in outplacement support and see it as as a part of the employee life cycle just like you would your induction as you said at the start investing all this time in recruitment induction you it's about creating lasting impressions um and 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 doing things doing things well and what price can you put on company brand and reputation, particularly in a difficult recruitment market where yeah. you're looking to attract people? So I think there's lots to be said for making that investment over and above that it's just the right thing to do. You know, mm-hmm. if you were in that situation, wouldn't you want to be treated treated in that way? And that's, you know, that's when I was you know, working in my HR roles. That was part of my kind of ethos is that I want I would treat people in the way that I'd want to be treated and so I think if you've ever been in that situation you'll realize just what redundancy is like and and how it how vulnerable it can make people feel and so having support kind of you know is is something that you wouldn't hesitate to do Mm -hmm. yeah that's that's really you know there's such a profound sense of it's almost like a social responsibility isn't it you know Mm. and I think the you know there's so many businesses uh, that have at times it almost seems like um revolving doors you know there's just mm. people in people out people and the cost the constant cost of recruitment training 
um, the disruption that it causes, you know, it's great to have, you know, new employees coming into a business, whether it's through growth or, you know, just natural replacing people that have left. It's great to have that fresh impetus, but it can also sour very, very quickly. And those new people coming in, you know, whether they're in a boardroom or whether they're in a, you know, a, a team of first line managers or in the shop floor or somewhere else behind the scenes, um, you know, everybody comes into a business with the best intentions and, uh, you know, a plan. And, you know, it, if it doesn't take long for that, the real culture of a business to to come to the surface. And mm. I found this myself in, in jobs in the past working for the people. Um, yeah, normally, you know, the first sort of month, most businesses are fairly good at hiding um, the things that they wouldn't want to scare off a new employee with. And, you know, m most businesses aren't perfect. This is, this is the world we live in. I get yeah. that. But it, it, it just amazes me that, you know, there, there is that sort of reticence by, by many organisations. And sometimes it's an individual department manager or an individual functional director, or sometimes a CEO. They know they've got issues. They know they've got issues. They know they've got churn um, or attrition, as, as we like to call it. Um, but it's the, it's that almost the that sort of state of denial that, well, don't really want to deal with that. So we'll just employ more people. Mm. And, and I think the, you know, that 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 message, you're right. You know, when people leave, you know, there's things like Glassdoor and a number of, you know, social media platforms these days. Uh, there's nothing worse than a than a bad reference or, or some bad neg negativity about a, a company. Um, so, that, you know, the, the amount of money that businesses could save just by treating their people a little bit better, looking after them on the way out, that will increase their pipeline probably to get people in the, in the business in the first place. So, yeah, I, I'm a huge, I haven't had outplacement support myself, but um, I, I absolutely, I'm a strong advocate for it. And it's a, it's a, it's a great resource, both for the individual and the business really. So, uh, okay. So what, what sort of options are there? Um, if you were a business mm -hmm. potentially, um, that might either have an impending need for, uh, you know, reducing workforce or a, or a particular position mm. or a business that might want to, you know, just get prepared for that scenario. You know, it's that risk mitigation. It's the what if scenario. Mm. What, what sort of options are there for, for businesses, um, June, typically? So I guess it depends on on the scale uh, and the the, the the those individuals that are impacted. So so typically, uh, group support is 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 one option. Uh, that if you're making large numbers of people uh, redundant, group support is is more cost effective naturally. Um, uh, that can be supported by individual support as well. So you know I run career transition workshops and then follow those up with some one-to-one -one support and group coaching. So there's there's kind of a blended approach if it's if it's a volume piece that somebody's yep. looking at. Um, if it's smaller numbers uh, or individuals are more senior, then generally that's one-to-one -one support. Okay. Um, in my experience, it doesn't really work to have uh, too many extremes of hierarchy in one room in because the, the, these situations, people are you know, they're not in the best frame of mind. Um, and if you've got somebody sitting in the room who is, you know, the supply chain director and you've got somebody who is 
a warehouse assistant you just wouldn't put them in the same room because the the, the dynamics just wouldn't work yeah um so generally more senior people tend to have one-to-one -one support or if you're only making one or two redundancies because you're either a small business or it's just a small team that's been impacted then individual support generally tends to be most popular in that situation because you know you're not going to get two people in a room and kind of try and do some kind of group coaching it i wouldn't recommend that <laughs> i just yeah. don't think it would work <laughs> Okay. And, and what sort of trends are you seeing from your customers who, who use your outplacement services at the moment? So at the moment, um, what I've seen is that there's lots of individual support being offered. So the, the clients that come to me and, and, I, and I love to work one to one, that's always my preference to work one to one. Yeah. And that that's that's what I enjoy. Um, I recognise that that doesn't suit everybody because of budgets. And, and as I said before, because of numbers. But I see see a lot of a lot of clients for people at um in, in entry-level jobs they're still wanting to give them some support you know mm -hmm. they'll, they'll still want to offer something um and in terms of the services that i offer that kind of entry-level support um will be the practical stuff so kind of get your cv updated get your linkedin yeah. profile ready and have some job search support um so that's the trend that i'm seeing um i was with a client over the summer who was making uh, a large number of people redundant and that was group support that I, I went down and I did that face to face and um, there was an option to do it online and I said I'd rather come and be in the room because there's only so much you can do in these situations when it was COVID we had no choice and we yeah. made the best of it but I would always prefer to be with somebody um, to be with a group of people sorry but everything else one-to-one -one, is done remotely because that just works for everybody it's more convenient it's more and it's more yeah. costly um and if someone has an interview lined up you know in two days time it's going to be a lot easier to get time with me on online than it would be if we were doing it face to face yeah that's understandable good okay um so i i know you're a strong advocate june for authenticity which is which one of my is probably my biggest mm -hmm. um passion or, or value if you like Mm. Um, you've posted a number of times on, on LinkedIn about, you know, the importance and, and benefits of accepting who you are and, and, you know, that we, we, you know, we should embrace our, our individuality, you know, with, with all of our flaws, how big a factor can authenticity be in, in the case of individuals that are trying to rebuild their career, for example? Mm. Yeah. I mean, it, it's, it's huge, isn't it? And, um, in a redundancy situation, it can be difficult to get to that place, that place of knowing that, um, you know, despite this this redundancy, this redundancy isn't about me. It's about my job. And that's so important that people can create that distance, that it wasn't anything you did. The redundancy happened to you, not because of you. Yeah. Um, and helping people to get to that place of all the skills and experience and knowledge and, and importantly, the way that you do things is what makes you unique and that and being able to understand that i mean that word personal brand sounds a bit icky but you know we all have a personal brand in the way that we show up so i love to help clients to try and understand that more um and to allow them to have that insight into the fact that they are enough and that they can go out into the job market and they can secure something i've not worked with anybody in the last three years that hasn't found another job there's nobody i've worked with that's unemployable <laughs> um Brilliant. so that is part of why I love working one-to-one -one, because you can really connect with people and help them to see that. And, you know, even when we're preparing for interviews, kind of at the end of a session, I'll say to them, 
just smile and be you, you know? And I know that sounds like a bit like, a bit now, <laughs> but it's totally true because yeah. if you're going to go out into the job market or go to an interview trying to be somebody else. I mean, that's, that's just so hard and it's draining and it's not really going to show you in the best light. But if you just turn up as your authentic self, and yeah. yes, there's certain things you need to do in an interview and we go through all of that. I get, I get that. But getting to that place of, as you say, knowing that you're enough, um, it can take a long time for some clients that I work with, but it's it's really important when you're going out to the job market to to have yeah. that confidence and to be that authentic person. Yeah, absolutely. Thank thank you for sharing your thoughts on that. I, I, I often I often think of the you know the scenario where people are. I, I think some people don't intend to be someone that they're not. They don't intend to be inauthentic, but when you're trying to, you know, some people will clearly, you know, they need to get that job. They need to impress somebody, mm. but they, they sort of can go about it in the wrong way in that, you know, you are trying to come across in a way that's not totally you. Well, that for me, it's, it's like acting. Mm. Now, some people are great actors, um, but others, well, even great actors need to practice, don't they? They need to practice their lines. They need to totally believe in the character that they are. So, you know, I, I think people are, they just naturally make it harder for themselves by not just being happy in, in their own skin and accepting who they are and, and, you know, accepting the situation they're in as well. You know, you, you can't, you can't go in reverse. You, we can't go back in time. So it's that realization of, well, this is the situation I'm in. However, this is what I'm doing to move forward and get out of it. And people are generally a lot happier and I know I am. I am so much happier these days. You know, in the last sort of four or five years, I've embraced my my flaws. I've embraced my authenticity. And I'm really so happy in my own skin. And it just, you know, a bad day to me these days, if I have one, is no big deal. You know, everything's manageable. So, you know, I'd, I'd say to anybody, you know, back yourself, be, be yourself. Yeah, try and work on any... Any, any sort of um weaker areas if you like of, of your of your skill set or but don't try and change you the person because I, I think it's deeper than that we are we are who we are we can improve a little bit but mm -hmm. to totally change I, I don't actually think that's that's possible you know I think mm -hmm. we just need to be who we are and, and let the let the greatness come out <laughs> <laughs> yeah that that point about acceptance is is hugely important um, acceptance of the situation and the notion that you can react or can, you can respond and naturally in a redundant situation a reaction is what comes first and it's hard to control that as I said before I, I, I was that person I've been that person I reacted because you know I felt like everything was being threatened but we always have a choice how we can respond and I think helping individuals to to move through that as well is is really important yeah absolutely so Another another uh, sort of area of synergy uh, that we have, June. I know you're a keen collaborator. Um, I understand that you've been you've been running a, a coaching community with, with uh, mm. Rachel McNidder for about four years. So so tell me about that and how how can others benefit from maybe setting up their own similar groups? Because this this doesn't just apply to to coaching or mm. HR. It could be for any discipline and and actually useful uh, for listeners to to the podcast in the manufacturing sector too. 
Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I um, attended, I went along to the group when I first decided I was going to give self-employment a go and wanted to find a group, you know, as we do, because it can be quite isolating if you're just out on your own. Um, so I went along to the group and I instantly connected with the the people that were there. I mean, I just love spending time with with uh, that community. Um, and then I got more involved and then Rachel asked me to to join her in sort of leading the group. Um, so I think that there, there's benefits, whatever your specialism, whatever your industry, whatever your sector, whatever you're kind of interested in, in spending time with people who have similar interests. Um, and particularly from a self-employment perspective as I say it can feel lonely it can feel isolating but knowing that there are communities and groups out there um, who will welcome you with open arms and be that place where you can as you say collaborate when you can support where you can share ideas where you can just ring somebody and say can I just bounce this off you or I've just had a difficult conversation or a difficult day or whatever it might be so I think I see that a lot within the HR community that there are these wonderful um, communities popping up and they'll have a, um, you know, the, the, I guess the, the sense of purpose and the commonality is that they want to create a community of support. But also what we do in our coaching group, and I see this as well in, in other groups, is that it's about adding value. So the way that we go about it is that we are a supportive community, but every month when we meet online mostly, but we do meet face to face still as well, we'll want to add some value to people for their coaching practice or their coaching business um, and really understanding if you are going to set up a community, what, what's the purpose? What are your objectives? Who's in that community and how would they benefit from you kind of, you know, getting together as it were. Yeah. Um, and so I think, you know, you can do, you can do that informally, you know, the wonderful world of WhatsApp, uh, WhatsApp groups, or you can do that more formally with kind of memberships and things. We, we don't, we don't do that. We just say people can come along to a session whenever they feel like it and kind of, you know, show up and, and take part. So, yeah, I think it's um, particularly now that we're working mainly from home people are working you know in hybrid working it can it can feel lonely and isolating and to have a group outside maybe of your normal kind of work family your work colleagues yeah uh, i think there's lots of benefits and what's your group called we're called coaching central because coaching we are central midlands yeah so we're for all prof any any professional coach on any stage of their journey they can come and find out more about us and uh, yeah brilliant Brilliant. I love the collaboration piece. Okay, so just you know, focusing on on you and your business then for a second, uh, mm -hmm. June. You've been growing Wildwood Coaching since 2018. Crikey, it yeah, seems so long ago. Yeah. <laughs> how would you How would you describe your journey? And and you know, what what are your plans for for 2023? Um. I still feel like I'm learning, which which in some ways you kind of think, oh, well, you know, after four years, would you would you have got to a place where, you know, you kind of know what you're doing? But in a way, I always want to feel like I'm learning because that's what's interesting and that's what's exciting. And that's what makes me every day want to do something towards uh, building my business or, or working with clients and helping individuals. So I think that sense of excitement. And that sense of there's still more to learn, that there's always more um, to, to sort of go at, as it were, has, yeah. has kept me going and, and still does. Um, and sometimes I, I I sort of think, oh, yeah, you run a business, don't you? you know, <laughs> Because it wasn't something I ever thought I would do. And I'm not doing one of these kind of humble boasts around, oh, my goodness, you know. But I genuinely looked at other people who run businesses and thought, well, you must have been born like that. Or you must be like, you know, you must have super special powers or something, because that's not me. Um, so to, to think that I'm doing this and enjoying it and that word successful is hugely loaded. But, you know, for me, the the what I set out to do, I am I guess I'm doing it. Um, and so 
plans for 2023? That's a good question, Joe. I should I should have a long list, shouldn't I? My honest answer is I haven't really thought about it yet. <laughs> so that's not that's not for another few months, isn't it? We're only in September. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> well, that that uh, that yeah, it, it it strikes a chord with me because it it I was going to say um, as as a small business owner as well, I often find myself wrapped up in working in the business mm, yeah. when i probably could do with spend a little bit more time working on the business mm-hmm. um different skill set and it, you know you've got to be in a, a certain frame of mind and all the working on the business bit I, I sometimes lack that that creativity sometimes you know you, you you know that you need to do a strategy on something but you know you've been so tied up delivering uh for for customers you just mind shifted into a different zone and it's not the right time um and I, I i do find that a struggle sometimes uh so yeah really interesting to 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 sort of find out how you how you balance that how how, how do you juggle that i mean because there, there is that element of guilt sometimes as to oh, i really should be doing more on the business but mm. it's have needs must and before you know it you're working on another customer project and those great plans, the things that you get really excited about to maybe push your, your business forward to the next level, they take a back seat. And I, I, I really find that frustrating myself sometimes. But um, hey ho, it's, it's it's nice to have business and paying customers. So I, I suppose it's not all bad. But yeah, how, how do you how do you get around that? Yeah, I mean, there's a level of discipline involved, I think. And certainly I'm not going to say that I've got it all worked out because I haven't. Um, but I think in when there's an opportunity where the times are quieter, because we all have those times and, and yep. you know, the, the notion of famine and feast or whatever they want to call it, is taking those quieter times as an opportunity and seizing that opportunity to spend time just reflecting and planning. But also during the weeks, so I try and keep Fridays as a day when I wouldn't have client facing work unless somebody's got something urgent where, you know, they need need support. So I tend to use Fridays as an opportunity for reflection. Um, I tend to do some social media stuff on Fridays and think about what I might be posting next week. Um, But I, I don't tend to plan uh, too far ahead, really. I I don't know. Maybe that's, maybe that's wrong. I'm, I'm, or maybe not. Um, But, you know, I've got, I've got goals and things that I'd like to achieve, but the way that I approach goals is I, I, I set them as intentions. So they're not right. something that's super, I don't have it written on my wall. It's not something that weighs heavy on me. It's an intention. So I will set those intentions and I will say, you know, this is what, this is what I'd like to achieve next year. Um, and no, knowing that I've got those in my mind, it kind of tends to work. Well, it has done for the last four years. Who knows what next year will bring you? Know? So I think it is hard to be disciplined around carving out that time, but trying to protect some time during the week where you will, as you say, work on the business as opposed to in the business, I think is is what every business owner needs, just to get your head out of the day-to-day, really. Absolutely. Well, whatever you're doing, it's it's working for you. You know, you've had some some really good growth over the over the last four years. And I know you you work collaboratively and you've got a good network of, of associates as well, haven't you? So you've got mm-hmm. a good you know level of support within your business. So, um, yeah, you, you seem to be in a really good place. Oh, thank you, Jeff. Yeah, well, it's important to enjoy what you do. And uh, that that's the most important thing for me. And I do really, really enjoy it. And uh, yeah, it's, uh, 
it's we'll just see when next year takes us so brilliant well that that really wraps up today's episode um june i hope you've enjoyed our discussion it's it's been really interesting and insightful for me as always so thank you very much for for joining me thanks everybody for listening and look out for the next episode of insights for manufacturing see you next time and bye-bye